Hello, and you're tuned in to another segment of Women Who Boss Up. This is about women who rise above and become bosses. These women have a sense of confidence and awareness about where they stand in this world. So my guest is a journalist. We're going to talk to her about her journey and how she got to where she is today. So we have Zarina Exy with us today. How are you, Zarina? I'm well. How are you? (laughs) I am good. So... For those of you that may not know, we go way back. I've been knowing Zarina for a long time. And so when I knew her, she was going into writing. She wanted to be a journalist. So we're going to talk about her journey. So tell us, why journalism? I chose journalism because it was related to writing. And writing is something that I love to do. It started off with poetry and following uh, open mics that led to IUSB was what led me into actually getting an education in the first place. So when I made the leap of getting uh, higher education, I figured what I should do is enroll in a program that would make me money. And so I enrolled in computer science, and I was only going for an associate because I didn't want to be in college that long. (laughs) And uh, and so um, I went in part-time because I was working full-time supporting myself, and it was going well. I mean, I was taking the, you know, the electives. And then when it was time for me to take a C++ class, for some reason, that particular semester, I had also accidentally enrolled into a master's creative writing class. So now I'm taking the C++ programming class and a master's creative writing class. And it was in that year that it was very clear what I needed to be doing with myself and the gift that I believe that God has blessed me with, which is the gift of writing. So, um, after that hard semester of C++ programming, I changed my major from an associate in computer science to a master's in journalism. So that is uh, what got me uh, on that path. Okay, so then when you realized that C++ wasn't going to get you very far because you weren't doing good, you focused more into... Hey, I didn't say that! <laughs> Okay. No, I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't doing very well. Oh, you're right. <laughs> I'm just. That's what it sounded like. You know, that struggle is real. Let's let's keep it 100, right? <laughs> so then you decided to focus more into journalism and writing. Mm-hmm. And you said prior to that you were doing um, poetry jams and open mics. So would you say you've already always had a love for writing? Absolutely. 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 Poetry has got me out of uh, some tough situations. And I I didn't, the reason why is because poetry speaks to, for me, poetry speaks to me. And it helps me write out what's going on. It helps me make sense of what's going on in my life. And there's no therapy, you know. Uh, Back in the 90s, there was no therapy available. Or I wouldn't have even had the courage to go do that because that's just something only, quote, unquote, crazy people need, right? (laughs) And so... um, and now it's a thing to do, right? These days it's like, yeah, forget it. But that wasn't, you know, uh, that, that just wasn't an option for me. So it was just me writing down my thoughts and, and my feelings. And they just so happened to rhyme. And it was just a way of reading it and seeing what my situation was in black and white. Because sometimes you're too close to the forest 
what's the saying? You, you can't see the forest for the trees. But when, for me, when I write it down on paper, it just gives me that panoramic vision of what the situation is. And I'm like, oh, that's what it is. I need to change this. So, and what can I do to, you know, make my situation better? And poetry is the tool that serves as that. And uh, when I started doing spoken word, and I, I mean, I do have to, you know, just credit some of the people in the South Bend community. Howard Dukes, he came up uh, with the Colfax Cafe Urban Arts oh, it's been so long, but he writes for the South Bend Tribune. I think he still does. And he came up with that, and that's the thing that actually drew me into poetry and to really pursue it and do open mic. And I have to, you know, just mention Dr. Dave Bryan of IUSB, who created an open mic. The name is Casey, it's been a while, but she created an open mic. That's how I ended up at the mic at IUSB. And just, you know, in an environment that was welcoming and that I used to think uh, prior to speaking there that I think wasn't for me. I didn't think college was an option for me. So because I stuck with something that I love to do and that I happen to be good at, it led me into education, getting a higher education which then opened up other doors for me. So I would just say, you know, if there's anything that you are good at that you don't think that is necessarily something that can be monetized, then, you know, you're shortchanging yourself because if there's something that you're good at and you like doing it, then most likely that's something that you were made, created to do. And there's always a place for that. And it was hard for me to, I mean, even to this very day, to even believe that. As a grown woman, I'm leaving the age out. Uh, I'm pursuing my master's in creative writing. But I wish it was something that someone could have told me that, yes, do that. There is something for you in that. Because after I graduated with my undergrad in journalism, I talked myself out of not pursuing a master's and a lot of that had to do with the fact that I did apply for a master's <laughs> uh, and and was rejected that I had kind of like a sour grape there but the only reason why I had applied for a master's is because someone told me that I should after they heard me perform but it wasn't something that I wanted to do I was just like okay you know this is their you know, I'll do that. And they, you know, drop the name and I figured, hey, but it didn't work out. I just uh, convinced myself, you know, I'm not going to make any money doing, you know, with a master's in creative writing anyway. What are you going to do with that? You know, write a book. I've done that. What are you going to do with that? You know, uh, publish a book. I've, I've done that. No, you cannot shortchange yourself. I am still learning. And so many doors are of opportunity and, and blessings are still uh, happening and the doors are still opening because I'm pursuing choosing to pursue the gift that I've been given in writing. Okay, very good. So with that being said, we know you do poetry, you went to school for journalism, you're going for your master's in creative writing. Now let's talk about some of the other aspects of writing. You did some writing with monologues. Let's talk about that. Yeah, um, once I actually... <laughs> When I finally graduated with my uh, bachelor's degree, then I was able to do some of the, um, what would you call it, the 
student extracurricular work in the IUSB, Indiana University, South Bend. And I say that because I was working part-time. No, I was uh, I was going to school part-time and I was working full-time. So, you know, when it was time for me to go on campus to go to class, that's all I really had time to do was just go there, learn what I needed to learn, go home, do homework until past midnight and then get up and go to work and then do it all over again. I didn't really have time to really see what else the school had to offer and what else I could be engaged in and what I could do to help and give up my talent. So um, at this point, I happened to what is titled Michiana Monologues. And Michiana is a play on the word Michigan and Indiana. And it was uh, first led by uh, April Adinsky of IUSB. And it was um, it was an idea that was birthed from Eve Ensler's play, The Vagina Monologues. And Apparently the, well, no, not apparently, what it, it happened. Um, they did that every year, but when you do Eve Influence play, she has it said that, you know, you have to do it a certain way. So it was done every year the same way. And so April decided, hey, let's, um, let's do something different. Let's, you know, make it a little bit more personal and start getting stories from people, from women around the community, the Michiana community. Because a lot of people from Michigan also went to go to IUSB. So that's how that collection started. And um, I saw the flyer and I saw a microphone and a stool. And I immediately thought, well, I'm in. I don't care what this is. I just see a microphone and, you know, I follow the mic. In the year 2009, I decided to um, I audition for a role as an actor and told one of the stories. And um, it was great to be around so many women that, who were supporting one another. Because, as you know, some women can can be pretty catty sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's like either it's either one way or the other. Like it, you know, either there's some competition going on, or you know, it's all love. And in this case, it was just all love. And I just really, um, it was a, still is a community that is just um, a healthy community. Really, um, you could network. Women are telling other people's stories, and that's something, what I really loved about this production. Is that you know the stories are the, the production is still going on every uh, to this day. It's an annual event, MichiganaMonologues.org. Um, How it starts is that we gather stories that have been anonymously written from women and in, in the Michiana community, and then then there's an edit- editorial staff that goes through them, and we pick a handful for the that are stage worthy that can be told on stage. And it is an incredible event. And uh, what's not picked is usually published in a book. And um, the year 2011 was the year where I um, published that book through my uh, independent press. Now, you also did some copywriting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, when I moved to, to Miami, well, I'll back up a little bit. When I graduated in... 2008 yeah 2008 that was the year of the recession where it wasn't a good time for writers there you know the the printing press like printing presses from back in the day just shut down newspapers shrank we weren't really sure what the internet was how the internet was going to play into the world of journalism 
it it just wasn't it just seemed like journalism was dying and um no one really knew what that was going to look like that was probably the reason why i went for a, a master's too because like i don't know if i should do this so it just wasn't looking good so i i will back up so when i moved from south bend indiana my husband and i moved to uh, massachusetts and there i did dabble in some journalism. Uh, there were um, freelancing gigs that I did there. And so um, when I moved to Miami, I decided to, I was looking for journalism jobs. But then at that point, it was becoming clear that journalism was adopting social media and social media was becoming <laughs> journalism. And businesses were beginning to realize the value well, at that point, they had. They were, some were beginning and some had already understood that. And Amazon just became this big thing where e-commerce was just, you know, that's where everything is, especially today. Like everyone's shopping online. So um, I applied for a position as a copywriter for digital marketing technology firm here in Miami. And um, I'm in Miami now. And that's where I just learned that, oh, my goodness. I mean, I loved it. I love working as a uh, copywriter because it was affirmation that my journalism degree was not in vain, that writers are needed more than ever just because there's not a big demand on newspaper, paper newspaper, traditional newspaper. People are very much attached to their handheld devices. There is no internet unless you have uh, writing. It just can't be photos. And in the beginning, it was like, oh, you could just write anything. But uh, Google's algorithm has definitely wised up to just, uh, you know, having just anything online. And they have a set. No one can break, no marketer has broken the code of the Google algorithm. But we do know that, you know, um, in order to... Because everyone Googles everything, right? And mm -hmm. they don't go to, there's no yellow pages. Some people do, but, you know, you're quicker to go to Google than you are the yellow pages. And so every business goal, every business's goal is to show up on the first page of Google results. And so um, that's something that um, marketers and copywriters have been scrambling to get other business to do. That's where writers are needed because you have to write about something that's quality. You have to... Every page needs, every website needs verbiage on there, every page. It just can't be, it just can't be photos. And it has to be informative and it has to be educational. Uh, if you're shopping for something online, you're usually just not looking at the pictures. You're looking at the specs. You're looking at what the product is, the description. And it just can't be, it has to be, you know, more than just the what, when, where, who. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so that's where the writer comes in and then there's blogs, you know, that tell you a little bit more about the product. And uh, I enjoyed that for quite a while doing that. But then after, well, I would say about three or four years total, I started thinking, what am I doing? How is this helping, really helping people? You know, this gift that I have, I mean, not, I, I can write quick, I can, you know, you know, writing as a copywriter definitely gave me the skills to write quality content quick, but there's always room for improvement. It gave me knowledge of, of, of an industry I didn't even know existed when I graduated as a journalist. <laughs> 
But I knew that there was something more because in between all that, I was still doing my spoken word here in Miami, and that seemed to give me more fulfillment than write as writing as a copywriter. Still loved it. You know, the spoken word and poetry, that gives me the warm and fuzzies, you know. And uh, so I've spoken in Broward College. I've spoken um, in Miami-Dade College. And uh, also um, I've uh, performed at Lip Service uh, Stories, uh, True Stories Out Loud. So I just knew that there was more power in storytelling than, you know, just product description writing. Although that will pay you. You know, so um, but I'm just saying as far as something that, you know, where if I'm going to follow my desire, which is just storytelling, poetry and writing, I want to go through. I want to touch on every single uh, genre that I can. And uh, and and that's what I've done. Okay, so it sounds like that um, poetry is your passion and your purpose. Yeah, I would say so. Okay, so then also you've done some freelance writing. Let's talk about that for a moment. Yeah, so it started, it wasn't on purpose. It definitely wasn't on purpose. I performed at Lip Service Stories, True Stories Out Loud. And there, after my performance, I had, and you can go there, that's online too, Lip Service, True Stories Out Loud. And it started off um, where I took a class at Miami Day College. Because, you know, I mean, I'm still learning. I'm always going to take a class no matter what when it comes to writing. And it, it set you up for the class was all about how to tell a story. And I'm thinking, well, I know how to tell a story. But no, no, I don't. <laughs> I mean, I did, but you can always do something better. And, and I learned so much from this class. And they set me up to tell the story. And um, there I uh, met the, uh, one of the founders of Writing Class Radio and started going to the, their classes that uh, before COVID hit um, that was uh, given on the uh, University of Miami campus. And you can, uh, they have a podcast called Writing Class Radio. And if you just go there, you'll know exactly. um, It's it's wonderful. It really is. Um, You hear great stories. You can learn how to write. And they taught me how to, I usually would just tell stories anonymously, and then with poetry, you know, you can be very vague when it comes to telling your stories. You know, you could throw a lot of shade in poetry and not really talking, you know, pointing one out. But with writing class radio, this is memoir writing, and that that it makes you write, you know, just put your finger on the nerve. And I guess they said it better. It's, you know, part heart and art, and it helps you work out your uh, your stuff. They say the cuss words, but you know I don't know <laughs> what we're doing here. Yeah, so, that's cool. It's my end. and uh, I'm like, oh, I like these. I like these women. I crafted a lot of stories, and one of them, and, and and what they do is they teach you to they teach you how to send these stories, how to um, submit them to publication that who that will pay you. And I'm like, oh wow, I didn't even realize. I just wanted to get published. <laughs> I get some money, too. But it really depends on the publications. Well, not all publications will pay. But with most writers, you know, most writers may not care. So I uh, wrote something, oh, my goodness, at the dawn of the uh, the pandemic when uh, the, at the turn of the, the peaceful protest, 
uh, turning into riots. That broke my heart, and I I just didn't know. It was the hardest thing I had to write about, but there's nothing else to do. We're all locked, you know, quarantined, and, and I knew I had to write about it, and I wrote from my heart. And um, the rough draft is actually on writing class radio, and um, I turned that rough draft into a solid piece of writing, uh, and I submitted it to uh, filter.org, and they, and they published it. And uh, so I'm really thankful for that. And I've been writing and submitting queries as much as I, I have time to do because uh, education, my, my master's comes first. So right. that's pretty demanding. And you are tuned in to part one of Women Who Boss Up with Zarina Fry. Stay tuned for part two.